Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Bill's linebacker at Franklin, Tennessee native Tyrell Dotson will be with us in 20 minutes as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody, hour number two of OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Big news this week in the NFL, Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a 2024 fifth-round pick that could become a fourth-round pick. And Baker's taking a $3.5 million pay cut. The Browns are paying the majority of the salary. In fact, they'll be paying Baker Mayfield over $530,000 for the Week 1 matchup as the Browns take on the Panthers. Over five hundred grand of that salary will be from the Browns paying the Panthers' potential starter. Uh, with that, we say hello to Skylar Callahan. He covers the Carolina Panthers for SI Now. Skylar, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm appreciative of uh, you guys having me on. It's, uh, it's a crazy time. This, this stuff just happened all out of nowhere. So <laughs> tell me the reaction from Panthers fans based off of, I'm, I'm expecting, I think I know how the answer goes here. Sports radio talk in Charlotte and beyond had to be craving Baker Mayfield via trade to Carolina, given the quarterback situation. Um, the fact yeah. that they actually land him this week, what's been the reaction from the, the Panthers fan base? You know, surprisingly, it's it's been a little bit of, of both. You know, you, you see a large proportion of the fan base that's kind of upset because they didn't want to bring in another guy that's going to potentially get them seven or eight wins, and then all of a sudden they're not going to be, you know, going after one of those top quarterbacks in next yeah. year's draft class. To me – it, I don't think this roster, even with Sam Darnold a quarterback, is bad enough to get one of those top two or three quarterbacks. Like, I, I just think there's way too much talent at the skill positions and on defense as well. And everyone forgets, too, the offensive line has been dramatically upgraded, too. So I, I just don't think that it would have mattered. And I think, if anything, this is Scott Fitter and Matt Rule saying, let's let's compete. Let's ha give ourselves a chance to maybe sneak into that last wild card spot in the NFC um, what, because I don't think you can do that with Sam Darnold. With Baker Mayfield, you have a chance. And again, if he doesn't work out, it's $5 million. You gave up a fifth round, maybe a fourth round pick two years from now. It, it's it's a cheap deal that the Panthers did, a, a lot cheaper than what they did against Sam Darnold. Is there any legitimate competition going into camp between Baker Mayfield and, and Sam Darnold, or is this simply being handed to Baker Mayfield with this move? Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's going to be competition, but I do feel like it's it's going to be Baker's job to lose. But one of the things that stuck out to me a while back when we first talked to Ben McAdoo when he arrived was that he said Sam Darnold was one of the things that kind of uh, intrigued him about this job. Now, <laughs> take that for what you will, but if you remember back when Sam and Baker were coming out, uh, Ben McAdoo had Sam as the third-rated quarterback in that class. He had Baker at number six. And Sam's been in this offense for a couple of months now. He's been in, you know, through OTAs and many camps. So he should have a little bit of an advantage 
over Baker. I mean, that's just how it is just because of how long he's been in, in this system. So uh, he's got more familiarity with the, the skill receiver or the receivers, the running backs, a little bit of the offensive line. So I would expect Sam to maybe look a little better, a little bit more sharp than Baker in those first couple of weeks. But I would say by the end of the preseason, you'll see Baker take that step and, gra- and grasp onto that number one spot. How does Matt Corral fit into all this? And does this guarantee that they're going to carry three quarterbacks on their roster? Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic because, I mean, and for some reason, I don't know how, but I think P.J. Walker will end up finding a way to stick around too because whether it's practice squad or, or what, it seems like every time that he's on life support for his job, he finds a way to stick on the roster. I think that's just the, the history he has with Matt Rule. But, I mean, he, he he probably will be off the roster, Let's if we're being honest. But as far as Matt Corral goes, like, I, they were never sold on him being – somebody that could really push Sam for that starting job in year one. And that was something that Scott had told us uh, back maybe about a week or so after the draft that like, look, we want to have somebody that can push Sam for that starting job. That's what's going to make him better is someone that's going to really be pushing him every single day. When you have PJ Walker, Matt Corral, there's nothing there in terms of, you know, some sort of competition. So I feel like getting Baker Mayfield in here is going to help Sam and really, whoever loses this job is probably going to be a backup for the rest of their career, for being completely honest. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall look like a, a pretty good top three uh, receiver group. Um, we know um, Anderson had to walk back some, some things he said about, about Mayfield, <laughs> uh, which seemed reasonable that he was supporting um, Darnold. Uh, at at the time also there had been some rumblings a while back about a potential trade there what's his state of mind there is he definitely a part of this team going forward there are a lot of teams that need receivers whose fans are hopeful that he'd be on the market I can't see why he would be yeah I mean I don't think the Panthers have any interest in trading him or or letting him go or anything like that I think the, the, the the biggest thing is does he still want to play I mean we, we talked about the, the retirement tweet that he put out there and then later deleted. And he kind of brushed it off when, when he met with us at OTAs. He's like, no, nah, I was just kind of thinking out loud. It wasn't anything serious. But, I mean, obviously there had to be some sort of thought for him to actually put that out on Twitter, right? So I, I don't know where Robbie's mindset is. It seems like he's ready to go. Um, to me, I just thought it was a little odd that he didn't, show up for for OTAs. I mean, he skipped out on them last year, and I understand that. But for this year, you're coming in with a whole new offense. And, you know, I would think that he would want to be there to, to learn that offense and get valuable reps in that offense. So I wouldn't even be shocked if somebody like Terrace Marshall uh, maybe overtakes him as the number two receiver at some point, and maybe even Rashard Higgins, who was with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. So I don't know what we're going to – get out of Robbie Anderson this year. I think it's going to be kind of a mixed bag. It might be a little bit of what we saw in 2020, and it might be some of what we saw last year when he had some struggles with the drops and stuff too. But according to Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo, there's a lot of things that he can do in this offense, and they're going to use him sort of how they used him in the offense two years ago with Joe Brady. As big as the Baker Mayfield storyline is, the thing that probably tells the tale of if the Panthers are semi-legit or not is Christian McCaffrey's health. What's yeah. what's the forecast there? And, and and for a guy that's broken down as much as he has now, what's the realistic 
expectation for him to have a, a complete season then? As of right now, he's he's 100%. Um, I wouldn't say he's a full go in terms of practice and stuff, but when when they do let him go, he is at 100%. So they've been holding him back. They did a lot of different things with him during OTAs and minicamp, really kind of holding him back from really going full speed. And there was a lot of times where he was standing off to the side and not really doing a whole lot, just being very careful with him. And that's pretty much what they're going to do in the preseason as well. I don't even think we're going to see him take a single snap in preseason action. I think it would be – kind of ludicrous to even have him do that anyways. But I think as long as he can get through that first half of the season and they can sprinkle in some touches here for for Deontay Foreman and for Chuba Hubbard, I think he's got a chance to get to 14, 15 games this year. And maybe perhaps he goes back to the way he was before where he, he was extremely reliable, extremely durable, and, and plays every game. He, I mean, I think a lot of people forget – those first three or four, or those first three years that he was in the league, he never missed a game. And even going back to his college days, he was very durable. So maybe this was just kind of a little bit of an anomaly, a little blip in the radar. But I think having someone like Deontay Foreman who can take that those those carries off of him in short yarded situations is going to help out a lot. Now that Chuba Hubbard's got a year in the system as well, that should benefit him, benefit him as well. Skyler Callahan, our guest with AllPanthers.com. So David Tepper. And the job he's done as owner with, with the Panthers, Skyler, what is the temperature right now with the fan base in regards <laughs> to ownership and David Tepper? Is is there obviously not pressure on an owner, but are the fans satisfied with what's been going on under his guidance? Oh man, <laughs> it's been crazy. I, I don't. I, if you really want to know the actual answer, just go into a couple Panthers Facebook groups and you'll see about three or four posts on him a day wanting him to get out. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, – I would say, yeah, the, the pressure is on for him to find a way to win. I mean, you, you talk about not only the the lack of success on the field, but you're talking about the the practice facility down in Rock Hill in that situation that just absolutely blew up. He promised that this big, nice, shiny, you know, state-of-the-art training facility was going to come to Rock Hill. They get $170 million worth of steel in the ground, and now it's just sitting there. The deal is completely dead. So – I don't know what the future looks like for David Tepper as an owner, but I mean, I feel like at some point he may get a little impatient and make some moves that you you don't expect normal owners to make, but he has the money to do it. He's the richest owner in the NFL. So I think that's why you saw the Panthers in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And that's why you saw, you know, him go pay the enormous amount of money that he did for Matt Rule even though he wasn't an unproven NFL coach, he wanted to go get his guy, and it ticked off a lot of people around the league. You feel like there's there's a risk of that team being the next one that uh, that seriously threatens a move, given given the failings of that that uh, practice facility development you're talking about, how he handled that, and and with the stadium question probably coming here shortly. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, I think David Tepper's such a bright, you know, businessman. I mean, he's had a lot of success throughout his career, um, just being able to find ways to make a lot of money. And whether that's moving the team, whether that's, you know, just continuing to stay where they are at Bank of America and, and just kind of continuing to keep up with updates there, you know, he's going to find the best way for the Panthers to be successful, whether that's moving them or keeping them there. But I don't think there's been really any sense of this team moving. And I think a lot of that 
kind of went to bed whenever he started Charlotte FC. Now that the, now that the soccer club's there, I think he's really kind of you know planted his feet into the ground here in the Queen City. I just, I think he really likes Carolina, so I don't I just don't foresee a move happening. If anything, they may move the stadium across town, but I don't I don't see anything happening. There was some talk a couple of years ago. Um, when they when they were beginning the the Rock Hill plan, that maybe that's where the stadium was going to go. Obviously, I think he's he's made a lot of people mad down there, so that's never going to happen either. Did Joe Brady get a raw deal, or did he earn that midseason firing that he got a year ago? You know, I, I thought at the time of the hiring, it was a questionable hire, and but I understood it. You know, he, he's bringing a guy with him that's from the college background. That's got a lot of, that just had, you know, obviously one of the best success stories in college football history with that offense. He had that little shoe. So it was hard not to want the new flashy thing. Right. And I think that's what a lot of the NFL is trending towards is who can get out ahead of the curve. And maybe I think they jumped the gun a little bit. And I think Joe Brady did the same thing too, jumping the gun in terms of he skipped a few steps on that coaching ladder. You know, I, I think he could have, maybe been a, a group of five head coach at the college level, maybe even an assistant or a quarterback's coach at the NFL level. But to go from not even 100% running the LSU offense to running the Panthers offense in the NFL, that's a major, major step. And I think he, it kind of humbled him a little bit. But I think he's in a good situation now, obviously, with you know being in Buffalo with Josh Allen, being a quarterback's coach. He's going to get another opportunity to be the offensive coordinator somewhere. Just, I mean, when you have that that type of offense and that quarterback with you, your name's going to start floating around. So we'll see what, what happens with Joe Brady. I think he's going to be a fine NFL coach down the line. I just think he, he may have jumped the gun a little bit. We know Matt Rule is on the hot seat. They've got to make this work. And uh, the report from the, the Athletic saying that earlier in the offseason, the Panthers wanted Mayfield – on a reduced salary to maybe give up even as much as $7 million. Of course, we know the reports that he gave up three and a half on the money. Uh, but it was Fitterer and Rule who wanted to get the deal done back in the draft. And it was Tepper yeah. who said, we're not going to overpay for a depreciated asset. That's coming from the report. Um, I find that really interesting because this is an owner who continuously talks about a franchise guy. That's why Sam Darnold is there. That's why they try to get Deshaun Watson. And they've been in the mix and mentioned for other potential free agent quarterbacks or trading for a quarterback in the league. Stafford was mentioned, for instance. He ends up in L.A. Rodgers has been linked to Carolina. We know he stayed in Green Bay. They didn't want Baker unless for the right price, and I find that really interesting given the thirst for trying to land the next guy. Yeah, I mean, again, David Tepper is hes getting to the point where he's growing a little impatient. I mean, when you go out and try to get Deshaun Watson and that whole situation that that's going on with him, I think even if you just entertained that situation, I think you're you're a little bit in, in desperation mode. And you know, for for whatever value that he that he could have got out of you know the Deshaun Watson deal, I mean, no one knows exactly what the parameter the parameters of a deal with Houston may have been. It could have been Christian McCaffrey and some picks. It could have been Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin and some picks. It could have been J.C. Horn. But I, I don't think he would have completely overreached for Deshaun Watson. I think that's why they backed – part of the reason why they backed out. The, the biggest reason is because they didn't want to give any guaranteed money away. But when you get to this point of the offseason, right, and you're two and a half weeks away from the start of training camp and you're still with Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, Matt Corral as your quarterback room – 
that's not going to make you feel good, especially when you go back and look at how last year transpired after, you know, what was a, a solid start to the season. So I think David Tepper at the time, maybe at the draft was, was more, you know, wanting to go the patient route. When you get to this part of the year and the season's right around the corner, you're going to do everything you can to make a deal happen. So I understand why they, they went after Baker. It, it gives them a chance to compete. Does it make them a playoff team? I'm not 100% sure that, 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 that that's what's going to happen with this. But if anything, it's going to give them a chance. With Sam Darnold, you don't have a chance. Are you surprised that there weren't any other suitors for Baker Mayfield other than Carolina? Yeah. You know, I, in a sense, I was. I, I thought Seattle would have been a, a definite – you know, landing spot for him for whatever reason. I think they're just kind of set on tanking or, or whatever you want to call it. But um, even Indy, before they went after Matt Ryan, I thought would have been a decent spot for Baker. And there's a couple other spots too. But, you know, Baker Mayfield, I mean, when you look at what he's done, when he's healthy, he's not a bum. Like, he's a, he's a pretty decent starting quarterback. If the Panthers can get Baker Mayfield to be a Ryan Tannehill or an Alex Smith, that's all they need him to be. They don't need him to be this top five, top seven quarterback in the league. When you have the, you know, the, the weapons that he has around him, like DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and then really on the other side of the ball, you have one of the better young defenses in the league that's only going to continue to get better. So to me, it's a lot like what Scott Fitter was a part of back in Seattle, where they had a really good defense, an elite running game, and a quarterback that was maybe, you know, I, I might catch some flack for this, but I think Russell Wilson was above average, and I think he was kind of carried by that defense and by those the, that running game. And, yes, he, he's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I think he gets a little too much credit for that success they had during that little mini run that they had in Seattle. But, if, the, if again, if Baker can be an Alex Smith or Ryan Tannehill, I think Carolina's got a chance to really build something in the next four to five years. Allpanthers.com, the website where you can find Skylar Callahan's information and reporting. Skylar, we appreciate it, man. And uh, we will uh, catch up down the line. It'll be a storyline to follow for sure at the end of the month. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Skylar Callahan. Um, so August 4th is the Hall of Fame game. We are crazy. <laughs> here it is July 8th all of a sudden, less than a month away from... Uh, the Hall of Fame game in Canton, and it's Vegas, and I can't remember the other team. It's Las Vegas and another team. There you go, the Raiders, and w another tie-in, I'm sure, with uh, Hall of with the Hall of I'm Fame class. Think. So, um, and then from there, a week later is when everything else gets going for Week One of the of the preseason. So we're about a month away from the first preseason game. Coming up, Tyrell Dotson will be in studio with us. Bill's linebacker is on deck. Plus, later, Austin Price of AllQuest.com. This is Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. 
from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us. Friday is here. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, it, feels, it does not feel like that long ago that our next guest was winning the Mr. Football Award uh, right down I-65 at Centennial High School for Coach Brian Rector. Tyrell Dotson is in the house with us. Uh, A&M linebacker, Centennial uh, player, standout player, one of the best in the state we've ever seen, and now with the Buffalo Bills. Good to have you in studio, man. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about stuff, you know? Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you walk through 6th and Peabody here. What, what's your impression of this place and how packed it is on a Friday? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, people out there drinking live music, it's kind of crazy out here. I've never never been here before. I'm, I'm definitely coming back. Much like a Bills pregame party that you can't take part in because you're playing, they start early <laughs> yeah. here at 6th and Peabody. So. They start equally early. Yeah, we, we we just need some tables out there so people can jump through them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no tables will be harmed tomorrow <laughs> at your football camp that we know of. Uh, at Centennial High School, starting at 11 a.m., yep. your alma mater high school here in the mid-state. Uh, really cool that you're giving back this way. This is the second year you've done this. Mm-hmm. Is this something you want to continue? Yeah, so me and Chris, my marketing agent, we're doing it every year. I mean, even after football. So, I mean, I just started my foundation, too, so – yeah, so we're going to do it every year and, and more and more. So I, I have a couple more things like um, turkey drives on Thanksgiving and like toy drives on Christmas um, that I'm going to be doing. So I'm excited. I'm excited, yeah. My, uh, and you live here in the off season, correct, yeah, in Nashville? Yeah, I live in Nashville. My 12-year-old's doing a baseball camp at Centennial next week. You got any keys or cards to get them in some, some back doors? <laughs> I will air call, condition, a special air conditioning oh, rooms? Jeez. I will call Coach Balfman, the head coach there. and Just tell him you yeah. know Tyrell. Yeah. I yeah. think no, it's no, Centennial it's, it's, and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. I got the keys to the city, huh? He'll appreciate he'll appreciate the hookup. I, I'm yeah. fearing it's going to be a little hot out there for kids playing baseball, but he's excited. Yeah. So, so Tyrell, I, I have now, as of this year – I've been to both an A&M game and a Buffalo Bills game. And I've been to three Bills games. My brother-in-law is from Hamburg, New York, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Very close. We stay in Hamburg. We go over. He's a huge Bills fan. Yeah. Um, Two of the more unique environments for football that I've ever seen. I would say the Bills environment is the closest to a college football environment that you can get in the NFL with the big layout, with a huge parking lot, tailgating, everything else. And Hutton and I were at A&M for the first time this year. That is very different. Very different than anywhere else you'll go to in the SEC. Would you agree with that statement? I, I would agree, but my friends make fun of me because I've never had cheerleaders a day in my life. Because <laughs> yeah. the A&M and the Buffalo Bills don't have cheerleaders anymore. But, yeah, I mean, the Bills is crazy. I mean, it's our practice facility and then our 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 game our game our, our game field. And, like, I, I know the Titans, you have to drive and stuff like that. So, you get, you get it all in one and stuff like that. So uh, it, it, it's pretty awesome. What's the excitement level about the new, uh, the new building and um, 
out, maintaining outdoor football there, but an updated venue is long overdue, right? Yeah, I need uh, a couple of guys aren't too happy about that. I think guys need an indoor field. <laughs> <laughs> so is it is it really an advantage? Like, do you feel acclimated to the weather when you're up there? You you live here in the off season. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't want to knock Buffalo, but I've been to Western New York. It's it's pretty in places, but I'm assuming most of your teammates live somewhere else in the off season, like Miami and stuff like that. They yeah. don't they don't make Buffalo their permanent home, so you're there long enough to feel like you have an advantage playing yeah. in the cold. Yeah, and Coach McDermott makes sure we practice outside. There's there's a lot of older guys that cry during the week, like when we're outside, it's cold and stuff like that. But um, it's definitely advantage, guys. I mean, teams when they come in, they definitely don't want to. They don't want to be there. How long did it take you, a Southern kid who played in Texas in college football, how long does it take you to get acclimated where you feel like, okay, I'm cool with this weather now? I'm still not used to it. <laughs> I'm still not used to it. You were one of the guys it. complaining about the not having the indoor facility. Hey, listen, I'm not a vet yet. I'll be a vet this year. So when I reach the vet years, you know, you got to earn your stripes. I start complaining then. To just figure you're more used to it than the guys <laughs> who are coming in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You should see people. They they're like freaking big coach, trench trench coach at practice and stuff like that. It's 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 insane. Well, I mean that, and then the the wind. Oh um, yeah. yeah, the game that this past year that comes to mind with New England. Zero degrees, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah. the wind itself was yeah. affecting the game more than the cold was. Yeah, uh, and that's something you just cannot practice with. You cannot manufacture that type of weather. We know. The, the focus was on the quarterbacks and the, the run game. It, what was it like as a defender in that game? Oh, I loved it because I knew they were running the ball. Every time. time. I loved it. <laughs> my, coach, my coach was telling us, me, Tremaine, and Matt, to back up a little bit just in case they do play action. Me, Maine, and Matt looked at each other like, yeah, no, we're getting up there. Because <laughs> they're going to run that ball. Yeah, so, it was yeah. like, oh, maybe this like, will be the possession where they attempt to pass. You, nope. I, did you guys nope. do air quotes? Like, yeah, play action. All right, sure, yeah, got gotcha, you, yeah, coach. No yeah, that's going to happen. I think he threw the ball. Mac Jones threw the ball three times yeah, that game. Yeah, and what he's one for three or two for three in the I game mean, or something. Probably something zero for three. <laughs> yeah, probably zero for three. I'm yeah, playing. I'm playing. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, the, the other game that comes to mind is the overtime game at, at Arrowhead, uh, where they literally changed the overtime rules based on the result of that game and the two quarterbacks dueling in that. Classic. Um, yeah, you were part of a classic game yeah. there, no matter the result, which sucked because Josh yeah. Allen was on the sideline for it as the game ended without getting another possession. But in the postseason, we're not going to see that result again where Allen would not get a possession if he's second out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just to flip the twin calls is the outcome of the game, you know, and that was a crazy game. I was – Gabe Davis went crazy that game. I mean, I loved that game. I mean, and just special teams, we had a good game too. So, I mean – um, I'm looking forward to playing them again next year without Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but see, I was going to bring up, so Tyreek's not there. But we face him two times now. Right, right. And yeah. the that's 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 also a great point. But the, the thing about Kansas City in that particular game is Mahomes and Kelsey, where they're, they're, cha they're literally changing a route at the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. um, where you're not, based on what your film study tells you, and where Kelsey's lined up in the down and distance, you guys are probably thinking one thing. Yeah. And by one glance over at the quarterback, based on the relationship, they end up making the play of the game. Yeah, there's a lot of miscommunication. Yeah, so. Oh, so you'll still blame the defense? No. Oh. You're saying miscommunication on your end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. So. It, it, explain that. Is, is it's that just, is, it's just not, every, not from pregame prep, but like yeah. you're reading it during the, the game. Moment. It's, just, it's just everyone needs to be on the same point. I mean, on the same, you know, on the same page at that, at that point in time, you know, and just. Um, 
all, all 11 guys got to talk. So, you know, I won't get too much into it. Yeah. But, you know. Well, it, it's also uh, Josh Allen to me is, and I mean this is a compliment, he doesn't feel like a big time quarterback in that his personality doesn't seem like a superstar, right? Even He's, watching him in the golf match, I'm thinking, this guy, you could tell me this guy is fighting his way into the league or he's a you know a practice squad quarterback somewhere. He doesn't have the same vibe as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, right? And I say that as a compliment. Is he truly an everyman in your locker room? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's why he's so successful because he doesn't take it too seriously. You know, um, yeah, I mean, Josh is a big kid. He doesn't take anything serious. Like, if he asks you a question, do not answer it. <laughs> Because this guy probably gonna be D's nut, a D's nuts question. <laughs> I'm being honest. Like I don't answer questions for him. He asks me, I just walk away. I, I turn, I turn you my back. You know what's to coming him. after that. Yeah, Are he's you... also a really big dude. Oh, he's huge. He's like six five, like two fifty, two sixty. Do you do you see a guy like that and think you could play a different position, or does he? He has the athleticism. I think Josh can play tight else. end. He can play tight end easily. Are you conscious of what the Jets and the Dolphins have done this off season, kind of in pursuit of you guys? Um, not really. You know, you know, every game is NFL. You got to come bring your best ball every single time. I mean, Jets have gotten better and the Dolphins have gotten a lot better just with adding different pieces and stuff like that. But it comes down to your coaches. Like um, my college coach told me, it's, it's, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy and Joe's, you know. Um, so it, it comes down to that. And who, who's going to make a play when it's time to make a play? So, um I think we have better coaches than anyone. So I think we get that advantage over them. Tyrell Dotson, our guest. How cool is Von Miller? Von Miller's cool. We, me, and Von, me and Von have been friends for uh, about five years because I A&M and stuff like that. He, he texts me and, you know, give, gives me words of encouragement. And uh, to be in the same locker room, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. I, I, I never thought – I thought he'd be retired by now. <laughs> he does seem older than what he is. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah, and I would have guessed 35. Yeah, yeah. Earlier in the week, whenever the, the story came out about how he wants to play all six years, which it's difficult to do that mm -hmm. in a contract. Um, but his, his, I mean, his ability to manufacture uh, pressure on the quarterback, even if he's not getting to the QB, he's affecting the line of scrimmage to the point where other guys are, are making plays. He did it at Denver. He did it in L.A. And he's still doing it at 32, headed to Buffalo. Yeah, he, in, in practice, he's he looks like I've never seen him practice. So I was like. I'm curious to see how he practices, and it's like kind of like Spider-Man, low-key. Like the way he moves, the way he can bend the corner, the way like he drops in coverages and yeah. some of our pressures and stuff like that is is kind of insane. He's like a unicorn. Did Jimbo Fisher going scorched earth on Nick Saban surprise you, or did you just nod your head when you saw it and said, "Yep, yeah, I could I could see this one coming"? Oh, uh, Jimbo, yeah, I knew that, and I knew once Nick said something, Jimbo was coming back with something ten times harder because Jimbo. He loves arguing. <laughs> One thing about Jimmy, he loves to argue. Yeah, he said he loves confrontation. Oh. I mean, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll confront anybody. Bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, him, his first couple months being at A&M his first year, was like, I'll, he, so he, it was kind of tough. So does he come in and try to, like, set the tone in yeah. a, a certain way where it's just noticeably different than whatever Sumlin was doing? Most definitely. No music at practice. Coach Sumlin. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a first. No music at practice. He said that was just like one of his first things he said. No music at practice, and we were, we look all looked at each other like, "What? <laughs> You're crazy." Well, did he go? You know, Ed Ogeron famously, when he took the job at Ole Miss, ripped his shirt off in front of everyone and challenged <laughs> anyone to a fight. 
that would fight him. He said, if you want to fight me, now's your chance. Let, let's fight. <laughs> Nothing like that with Jimbo Fisher. He just shut the music nah. off instead. Jimbo Jimbo's going to just talk all day long, and he's going to be in your face. He he probably won't rip his – you don't want to see him rip his shirt off. <laughs> no. Nah, you don't want to see Jimbo rip his shirt off, but Jimbo, Jimbo likes to talk. Get a lot of crap. Was that as different as you could be from a uh, cultural atmosphere standpoint – Going from Kevin Sumlin to Jimbo Fisher, it over was your a career? whole three six. It was a oh one eighty. It was kind of crazy. Like I've, like it, it, it was honestly insane. Didn't just like the the knowledge that Jimbo had that I didn't learn from Sumlin. It was kind of it, it was like a, it, it was it was pretty cool. Your favorite A and M memory playing there? You, you racked up a ton. Uh, you led the team in tackles, I believe, your sophomore season. Yeah, um, seven overtime game versus LSU. Yeah. That was a that was a memorable one. Yeah, um, was that the day after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving night? The, I think the day after. I think Thanksgiving. It was the, I know it was Thanksgiving yeah, weekend. I, I was, remember watching the game, but I can't remember if it was on Thanksgiving night or the day after. Yeah, it got to a point where our defense—I was calling defense—and I told them, "Do not look at me for a call. <laughs> we're running, we're running this call the whole entire time. So don't look at me. I'm tired. So yeah, so that that <laughs> game is definitely some something to remember. That that I mean the seven overtime. That was the was that the record prior to this past year with Penn State and Auburn yeah, going nine. Yeah, I think it was. They went nine. They went nine technically, but they changed the rules though of the overtime. So nine two point conversion battle. Yeah, so they 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 tweaked the rules. It was a bit different than the one you played in because they try to speed up the process after three overtimes. Chad, I believe is the new rule. They, yeah. They line you up and it's just one for one. You alternating two point conversion. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was wild in that Penn State. So yours Illinois is more. Yours is a more impressive yeah, I, duration. We can still <laughs> look at yours as the record yeah. holder officially for the so longest game. That was nine overtimes. It was. Nine. I gotta go back and watch that game. Yeah, but it was. It was technically. It was not like your game though with overtimes. Like the nine overtimes, just one play. Oh, you know, it got to be just one play back and forth. Every offense and defense and was, was pretty like, matching two point conversions until someone didn't. Oh. Get the get the score. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it. I, I like it better that way, and that it's it's quicker for the most part. But they don't have enough two point conversion plays, so it got kind yeah. of vanilla. <laughs> hey, it's like it, you guys running the same defensive uh, set. Do you think it's just a matter of time before A and M wins a national title I under they, Jimbo Fisher? I think they got it this year. Really, with that quarterback situation, do you think they have it? Oh, Zach! Zach left. Yeah, Calzada's out. Let me take. Well, my, and the, let me uh, take the, I don't know. And and they've got the guy from LSU coming in. Right, Johnson, right? Yeah, Miles Haynes Johnson. King is yeah. pretty good though. Doug, Doug Johnson's son. Yeah, uh, and uh, Haynes Brad King though, got hurt though, right? At the beginning of last year, yeah, Calzada yeah. comes in. With the game we went to the first time in College Station was the Alabama game. How how crazy that was that? Was unbelievable, and he was on the field for the. He was with Manzel. I was standing sideline. with Johnny. <laughs> you were with Johnny. I was with because of Billy Lucci. I know Billy. Me yeah, and Billy. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Lucci Billy knows us. everyone yeah. in College yeah. Station. But Billy got us on the sideline. Hutton was down there for maybe the second, third quarter. Yeah. I came down fourth quarter, and I was. Standing, I brought Chad my pass. I said, "Go down there. You're going to love this. this. You'll love this, Tyrell, because I'm standing right behind Johnny Manziel. There's three minutes left, <laughs> right? And I mean, A and M is driving to win this game. Yeah, and it is tension packed in the stadium. <laughs> and Billy is such a nice guy. He's like, "Hey, man, you got to meet. You got to meet Johnny. Got to meet Johnny football. Come on." Come up here. I'm like, I don't know that now's the time. <laughs> and I'm standing behind him just, you know, hanging out, letting AM people experience the moment. And he taps Johnny Manziel on the shoulder and says, Hey, this is my buddy Chad with without kick. And we meet and Johnny Manziel's polite as can be goes, Hey, I'm gonna just check out the rest of this game right now. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and I said, Buddy, I'm not trying to talk to you yeah. right now with, with this game. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The atmosphere. That 
that stadium gets gets going. Were huh? you able to watch that on TV? Mm, yeah, we, we were actually somewhere. It was a we were actually somewhere getting ready for a game, and oh, I'm glad you reminded me. Stefan Diggs owes me a thousand dollars because of that game. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for so that. So tweet him right you. when you walk out. Did you out bet I'm the week of or just leading up to the game or during the game did so, you place a bet? So he gave me a spread. He was like, um, Alabama's going to win by 21. And I was like. <laughs> Which we thought too. What? Whatever. A&M's won a national championship this year. But he gave you 21 points? And you won he gave me 21 points. Bucks? Yeah. Nice. He's got a damn big contract. You will say that. <laughs> well, you're you're welcome. That we you charge him interest if he hasn't paid you yet, man. Uh, yeah, what's the delay? You should have gotten some juice for the money line win Jeez. for winning outright with a tw- with 21 points given to you. Jeez, there's a, there's a lot of bets I haven't been paid in my locker room. So you got a bunch of uh, cheap skates on that team. Uh, That's what I'm hearing. Well, I want, he, I want unless he owes us, do you owe money? No, no. <laughs> my, my credit is good. My credit okay, is always okay. good. My credit is always good. Uh, so what is the uh, what are the next two and a half weeks like as you gear up for camp? Camp will be open soon. We mentioned right before you walked in. I mean, the Hall of Fame game is August fourth. It's Less July eighth. Uh, it's not like guys are taking many vacations right now. No, but you're getting mentally prepared for the grind that yeah. starts in three weeks. Yeah. So uh, me and Dawson Knox and Bryson Hopkins, we go uh, four four times four times a week working out these next two weeks, and um, and then Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm with my speed coach. And he kills me. You know, I literally tell him today, if if you guys saw my Instagram, I had my eyes were red and it looked like I was I was dying. So that's basically my next two weeks and uh, hanging out with my family because I probably won't see them until, you know, they come up to a game, you know. So um, I'm going to yeah, grind in these next two weeks. But it starts with the football camp tomorrow, second annual. Yep. We say annual because Tyrell is going to continue this thing year after year. Centennial High School, your alma mater, mm-hmm. down in Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, – Everyone's welcome. Yeah. Kids want to come out and take part in the camp. You can show up tomorrow starting at 11 a.m. Yeah, really you, cool. Yeah, you can show up. I mean, if you want to come watch, you can come watch. We're going to have food trucks there. Um, Hall's Chop House. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Two, That's a good spot. They donate 200 meals. Uh, uh, if, yeah, wow. if, you, if you promote that, you'll have some people walk <laughs> up and watch. Yeah, so we we have Could shaved. you cut three of them out of that and bring them over here to us? Uh, hey, sorry, listen, listen we, we might have extras come over, come, yeah, coming over. I but, may have to do that. You know, I, I'm grateful to see all these sponsors that want to help out with my camp. And, um, yeah, so I'm just grateful for that. Wait, we'll, we'll help out each year with you, man, yeah. uh, here, here locally. Just let us know. This has been uh, terrific. Pop in, and then we can promote uh, well in advance of all this to get yeah. some sign-ups going locally. This is great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and thanks for giving back to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I I appreciate you guys for having me. And make sure Davey gets all the camp info. We'll be sure to tweet it out. Okay, also, yeah. Post on Instagram. For so sure, man. Can see it. Yeah. Tyrell, on the way out, um, or the Bills right now, according to FanDuel, are the, the Super Bowl favorites. Betting odds. You're <laughs> used to that, or? Yeah, yeah, we're used to like being the number one, like preseason and stuff like that. But we gotta go out there and work. You know. Defense defense has improved. Josh Allen's back. Uh, plenty of reasons. You mentioned you've got uh, Davis and others who stepped forward at the end of last year. I'm telling Gabriel Davis is looking better than anyone. Well, <laughs> better than anyone in that uh, yeah, championship it, game. I'm, you know that? I'm talking about better yeah. than anyone now in, in, in that whole facility right now. Wow. I'm telling you. Well, he's like a fourth-round pick, third or fourth-round pick. Third, third or fourth-round pick. And he's either ending his first contract, kind of like you, or he's he's yep. getting ready for contract number two, maybe. No, he, he's... Um, he's in the second deal? No, he's in his third year. Okay. He's in my third year. Yeah, yeah, same third as year. you. 
Yeah, I'm in my fourth year. I signed a um, one year extension. Yeah, one year, one year extension, stuff like that. So, well, best of luck to you, man. Thank you, uh, man. It's a big year coming up, and uh, it, you've certainly uh, played your role well in Buffalo. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's going to pay off. That you guys have a, built a really solid roster there, as you know. Yeah. So, thank thank you guys for having me, man. This is awesome. We got to yeah. do this again. Thanks for doing Absolutely. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it certainly next year. Let's before do, we uh, before the camp, yeah, let's do it. Tyrell Dotson has been our guest as he goes to text Stephon Diggs about the one thousand dollars. <laughs> yep. We had to break. We take and a commission on that for the reminder. With an all-time hockey guy name, Withrow's got it for you next. Now, kick three sixty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our thanks to Tyrell Dodson for joining the show. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. We keep telling people you got to come check out 6th and Peabody the next time you're downtown. Tyrell's from the mid-state, middle Tennessee area, had not been here, popped in. One of the first things he told us was, man, I've got to come back here. This place is crazy, especially on the weekends. Lives uh, two miles from here, if that. He's uh, just a few minutes away, so he's got he's to check it out. He'll be back. Everyone is pleasantly surprised. That's right. Not a single person that's walked in this place the first time that does not leave pleasantly surprised with Six and Peabody. What's not to like? Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine made right here on site. Chad, um, you are the, you're the lucky one on the, the three of us who somehow followed anything to do with the NHL draft last night. And when I say anything, I saw like this name. Even, even a tweet, I, I saw nothing on the NHL draft. Well, I saw what the Preds did. I, just, I haven't been upfront about it because I'm somewhat ashamed. Oh. <laughs> well, I, You're ashamed to know? I was listening to uh, just on Twitter. 94.9 The Fan, our, our uh, station here in Nashville, and you flip over to the game, and I was, I was listening to what they thought the Preds might do, and they, the conversation was whether or not they actually trade out of that pick. They didn't. They stayed and picked. I can't tell they you. Did they did exactly selected. what you expect. They took another Finnish guy. They, they selected <laughs> if a... If we were predicting, we would have said that. I right? selected a guy who I'm sure is very good, but no one can tell you... He's uh, a, a Finnish forward yeah, about that's it. That's what I know that's about That's what him. the Preds do. Yes. But, so I see that name and I'm thinking, nah, I can't tell you anything about the guy. I see this name that Chad sent us last night and I think, this guy can play some hockey and I would take him in a fight. Chad, your thoughts on what you thought the first time you saw Rucker McGrorty? Round one, pick 14 <laughs> to the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets select from Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh. Right winger, Rutger McGrorty. <laughs> what a fantastic name. This guy sounds like a villain in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Yes. Yes. I mean, that is an unbelievable... There are certain names that when you hear it, it's, it's almost... Like God touched, right? Your parents came up with this name. You're born into the McGrorty family, and you give the kid the name Rutger, and he becomes a hockey star drafted in the first round. It's too perfect. It's like Cleet Blakeman, who was yes. the, the referee. He was made to be involved in football in some way. Do yes. your wife's kin know this gentleman? Uh, being in Nebraska, no, uh, the, the McGrorty family. Ne Nebraska is a big, big state when it comes to land. <laughs> Not a lot of people in it. Though. So they're good. That'd be like uh, 
someone from Knoxville, you know, said, do you know them? You're in Tennessee, right? No, no, that's not because there are no people in Nebraska. Well, there's people in Lincoln and there's people in Omaha and there's not a lot of people anywhere else. My wife's people are from the anywhere else (laughs) portion of the state. Three hours from Lincoln, two and a half, three hours from Lincoln. Just a stone's throw. Just Chad. north, uh, but it's in the land of not a lot of people. That's a good name. I just looked up top hockey names, and the, the name I came up with before this guy, the top of the list was Zarly Zalapsky. That's good, too. Which is also good. So I'd like to see them meet. I also feel like Rutger McGrorty. I know he's a young guy right now, but I feel like he can really drink. Oh, he can drink. Like a name like that, like the, that's das the guy's like. I hope he won't develop a yeah, problem. Yes, this he guy can is drink going so to do well. the beer fest games in Germany he at can, some point. He could drink so well, I fear he'll develop a problem. <laughs> no, I just, I, I just think based it's on more the of like the fun. Like, man, did, did did you see Rutger? How many beers he put down last night? And it, you couldn't tell a thing. No, I picture, he was completely fine. See, oh, I picture if his that's career just McGrory, be McGrory. I picture if his career Old doesn't go McGrory. well, like we'll walk in every day and he'll be sitting at the bar out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your latest moonshot? Oh, he knows, he, knows, uh, he knows Six of Peabody I'll so have, well he's got a key. I'll have your finest moonshine, please, ma'am. Thank you. Rutger McGorty is an all-time name. Just terrific. I saw that and had to send it to the group that we had to discuss today. It's perfect. Dotson was cool. Uh, big thanks to Tyrell for, for coming in studio. We've got Austin Price on deck to kick off hour number three. Uh, we will get headlines from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Also discuss uh, SEC uh, movement and and headlines and news and notes with Austin as well. Uh, but when we come back to kick off hour number three, specifically, we will start with the five-point plan at Tennessee and how the leadership in place, they're not shying away from high expectations. No, they're setting them out there for everyone to see. So if they don't reach them, people can call them a failure. But I love the fact that they're honest enough to admit what they're trying to accomplish uh, we will get to the five-point plan, but first, an A-plus tweet, oh. courtesy of College Football Reddit. Breaking, in all caps, Batman and Superman plan to leave DC Comics after an 80-plus year run with the publisher to join Marvel. They'll leave behind traditional rivals, but the media deal is expected to be massive. That is very, very smart. It's pretty good. With college football and, movement. And the, the price tag for all of that. Given the fact, like, hypothetically here, of course, given the fact that there is a movie made on Batman or there's a Spider-Man? Batman and Superman. Superman. Uh, other than Spider-Man, there's no other uh, comic genre to point to that is remade more. Yeah. Well, uh, even, from total, the Batman, even from the Batman aspect, you can spin off with the Joker. Obviously a total joke, of but course, really funny yeah. with the news going on. They'll leave behind some traditional rivals, but the media deal is going to be perfect. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360.